1: Is on the air.
0: It's the Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County.
1: The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window, making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks online at willowwindow.pro
0: now live from nhc's adams place home of premier senior living on memorial boulevard here's truman jones and here's rick ansel one of the
2: greatest basketball coaches in our country and we're so blessed to have you right here in our community rick and uh you're a Middle Tennessee boy, period. I mean, you grew up in Cannon County. Uh a uh top, the top basket, girls basketball coach in uh, Sheberville. I mean, nobody could e- even come close to getting you back then. And then uh of course MTSU wanted you here like a lot of other uh major college teams and You've just found your place in heaven, haven't you?
3: Well, I, I've been very fortunate yeah. um, that I did grow up in Cannon County and Woodbury, and uh, you know, um, my family and and very fortunate that I found my wife over there, Deb. And then uh, that was the biggest thing. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. And um, and then you know, I applied to Cannon County. That's what a lot of people don't know. I, I applied there. Uh, when I got out of college, that was the first uh, sit down that I had with that superintendent. Was Coach Harris? Still I was. There? I was. I applied to be the assistant to Bobby Parker. Oh, Bobby wow. Parker was the boys' coach. Yeah. And I had been at Westside. Barney Bragg had been the superintendent there for years, and mm-hmm. you knew you know Barney. Yeah. And he he got me to be a, a teacher's aide at west side and coached their boys basketball team because they had not won a lot of games and that's how i started and so my dad was on the board of education but him and the superintendent not barney Mm -hmm. were on the different sides of the fence and so when i graduated from middle there was an opening on bobby parker's staff at the high school and um i was certified to teach health and P.E. and science and also American history, social studies. Mm -hmm. And I applied for the job, and he looked across the desk, and he said, "Uh, you need to go get some experience, and then we'll think about hiring you, which meant, no, I didn't have a job. So then um, I was still working on, I was going to graduate in August, and so uh, my son, Tom, ended up at Vanderbilt, and Deb and myself were going back and forth, Deb staying there the whole time with him, because we didn't know if he was going to make or not. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that uh, they were looking for a a coach at Shelbyville to coach uh, men's basketball. I applied for that job, did not get an interview. Mm. And then I noticed that... uh, they were looking for an assistant coach also. This was like a week or two later. They hired Jim Drew, which Jim Drew had played for Coach Earl. Yeah. And so uh, I came over to campus because Coach Earl and myself were not friends. We were acquaintances. I'd had him in class, and I loved the game of ball, basketball. And he was the, I'm telling still is a premier teacher. He, I talked to him. I talked to him just yesterday, but uh, one of my mentors, and I went to him, and I told him that I'd like to meet Jim Drew because I knew he needed an assistant coach. Mm -hmm. He walked me across campus. He didn't send me across campus. This is the Jimmy Earl that you and me know. Oh, yeah. He didn't say, he's over at the grill. Mm -hmm. He took me across campus. We walked across campus talking basketball, introduced me to Jim Drew. He said they were looking for a social studies teacher in Shelbyville and that um, he would get me an interview, which I had not got for his job, the head job. And, uh, you know, you think about this, I was coaching at an elementary school, and I thought that I was was qualified to coach at a AAA high school that had been very <laughs> successful. And um, he got me an interview with Mike Bone at Shelbyville, and uh, I won't go into all what happened there, but it's a story within itself, and that. One of the things that Mike said, you know, we're going to hire you, but you we didn't tell you this, you're going to have to coach women's basketball too. You can be the men's assistant, but you're going to have to coach women's basketball. So after one year there, coaching. How
2: popular was the, the the girls' basketball at that time in Sheffield? They
3: had won three champ- state championships. Yeah, They had won the state championships in 64, 74, and then Harris High. Will P. Martin, which mm-hmm. became a good friend of mine when I went to Shelbyville. He was the coach at Harris High of the of the um, it was uh, African American school over there, mm-hmm. and um, they had won a state championship also in '65. So, um, they women's basketball over there meant something. It yeah. had a lot of tradition, and uh, so I, basically they hired me just to fill in to the women's program, and then we got there and you know, after a year, I saw right quick, this is what I wanted to do, I loved it, and uh, they were very focused, very uh, uh, disciplined, they wanted to win, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I can tell you right now, the first game that we had, we only had, uh, we didn't roll the seats out upstairs, we played Huntland High School, and there was about 35 people in the gym, and Mm -hmm. on a other side of the floor, there was only two people, really two and a half. There was my wife and Frida Bone, which was the principal's wife, and uh, Tom, my son. I had him yeah. in a little carriage. That's the only only uh, people in on the other side of the gym. And behind me was about thirty people, and uh, most of them were parents. Now, what year is this? Then? 1977. Wow. And uh, so we started winning. Ended up winning the district, region. Uh, went to the sub state, got beat. Next year, won the district region. Went to the sub state, got beat. Next year, went to the district, won the district, lost the region to campbell Brandon, and then won the sub state and went to the state tournament in 1980. So, um, you know, through that period of time, Riverdale was dominant. That was when yeah. the Buddy Pate. Was there and he the, left Eagleville to come. Yeah, there. they were just yeah. dominant. I mean, yeah. I think Courtney Yates and that bunch, they ended up going undefeated and got beat, I think, in the finals of the state tournament mm-hmm. by Warren County. I had beaten Warren County in 77, 78, 70, 70, 78, 79, and then ended up um, beating McMahon County to um, get into the state tournament in the sub state. So, uh, because of that, you know, and that was the start. And then we get into the 80s and, you know, just uh, we, we had a lot of great players. We had a lot of success. The people there were just unbelievable. Uh, they, you know, you had walking horses. We were the pencil city. We had walking horses and women's basketball was what, when we, our game started at 6:30. Now I think they started at six, but a game started at 6:30. And Truman, I can tell you, at 5:30 we had 1,500 people in the gym watching our kids warm up. And our it, most of our games were just sellouts. I mean, we and uh, you heard he became of, a legend. Oh, it's over incredible. here, you, you used to go watch uh, Murfreesboro Central oh, yes. uh, men. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, no one would come to the women's game, but when Murfreesboro Central men played. You could see people just filing in. It'd be packed to watch yeah. to watch Lee Pate and his group. Well, the same thing was kind of that way over at Shelbyville. We had went through a lot of men's coaches over there because of, of the dominance of our women's program. They just some of them couldn't stand it. Some of them went on to other jobs, and you know, um, but we were uh, we had we had a lot of tradition, and you know, I loved it. The people over there, I loved, and you know, we came to Murfreesboro and. I hated to leave Shelbyville because that's where I raised my three sons, and me and my wife had spent 28 years there, and we just, uh, and you know, Deb's still running her state farm agency over there, yeah. And so it was just part of our life, and it still is. I mean, we have a, we have probably as many friends in Bedford County as we do here in Rutherford County, but uh, we came here, and it's been, a, it's been a blessing because we, we, we've, we've got. We developed more friends and and uh, people we didn't know, and we brought some of those people from Shelbyville with us, and we brought people from Woodbury in here with us, and so mm-hmm. I've, I've been very fortunate that um, and blessed that Doctor McPhee and Sydney Sydney McPhee and and, and Chris Masaro gave me an opportunity to coach here at Middle Tennessee State University.
2: And they're very blessed to have you. And one thing that I've noticed over the years and Jackie and I used to go to all the games but we went to the girls games because there was something about watching the girls play at at my age our age and and all of that the girls game was very similar to what the boys game used to be years ago absolutely and, and it's it's it's, it's it's a draw to all of us, especially when it's at that high successful level. And to be perfectly honest, Rick, I would watch you as much as I was watching the game because you were completely in on it when something was needed to be you would always go to your general on the court whoever the the, the lady was usually a guard uh, i think that's mostly what it is but uh um, well, we you, you, you you were you were uh uh like uh in wartime you see all the things the weaknesses and then you're changing them as the game goes along
3: well i guess you could say <laughs> that probably but uh Times have changed, Truman. I'm yeah. telling you, times have changed. You know, you get now you got a lot of, you got a lot of experts in our business now in all yep. sports. You know, yep. you, you know, you you take um, a lot of programs. Just like if you can go back to the little league, uh, everybody talks about. You know, who you can pick for all stars in the little league beginning yeah. of the year but what daddies are coaching. You know, and so yeah. that's kind of moved into our game now with trainers. You still have some involvement with parents, uh, but uh, you know you got trainers now, handlers. You think that only takes place with the professional players, and it's, it doesn't. It takes place, and that's when my I guess the biggest negative I've got is, when, is that you got some people out here that that played a little high school ball. They didn't make it in college because in most cases because they were not disciplined enough or they yeah, didn't no. want to go to class. And then so now they they spend time in the gym shooting like we used to spend time at the pool hall, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, they think they're experts and they begin to tell hardworking parents, male and female, how they should handle their kids. And in some cases, those parents put their confidence in those guys and and uh, they tell them where they need to go to school, what they need to study, you know, and. My thinking is this, you know, I've always kind of been like this. If you want to know how to become a millionaire, which I'm not, and uh, have had no desire to be, then you need to talk to someone who knows how to make money. Yeah. And if you want to know how to become a basketball player, you need to talk to someone that knows how to develop a basketball player. And uh, the same thing holds true about an electrician, a plumber. I mean, I wouldn't come to you to... I wouldn't think to you know, for my plumbing problems or my air conditioning problems. If so, you want to ruin it all when yeah, you can come to me. Well that that's a good analogy there. Yeah. You know, and so but you have that happening and that really that really upsets me to be honest yeah. with you to see the new age athlete coming along and, and putting confidence in some of these people that really are just taking your money. You're really just taking your money.
2: Why is there an attitude problem uh, in today's um, players I, I see it all the way across the board and none of you when you and I were growing
3: up none of that was happening during those years well you see a lot of eye yeah what you do you see a lot of eyes instead of weed weed's a uh, when you build a team, you know basketball. You got to have five players. Yeah, you're going to have someone always that's going to score. You know more points than the other one. You had an Ebony Rose that she's going. You knew that when the game started, Ebony Rowe was going to get you 12, 15 rebounds. Probably going to get you 18, 25 points. You knew yeah. that. But she was going to rebound the ball and put it back. She was going to do what she was a she was a blue collar type worker. And you you know you're going to have an Amory Lanning out there on the perimeter that could knock down shots just right and left. And it was a uh, the whole team uh, related to, and she communicated, and she was all about the team, all about the team. Mm-hmm. You see that change now, where parents, handlers, it's more about I got to get my points. You know, I'm not getting uh, promoted to be an all-star. You know, you're not doing my kid right, things like that. That come, that that attitude is coming. It's all over the country, mm-hmm. and it's it probably started back in the late '90s. Uh, you had a change in uh, AAU to yeah. travel team. You had AAU and travel team. And then you saw a lot of people getting involved with the travel team programs. And then you saw a lot of parents, a lot of players that would would really relate more to their travel team coaches than they would relate to their high school coaches, which was working with them every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Now, in all professions, you have lazy people. yeah, And you've got high school coaches that work only from Sep- from November to March, hmm. and then you had high school coaches like myself that I worked with my high school program, but it was a year round thing because I had also the largest AAU program in the country Chevable sports shop, and later on we branched out of that with the uh, uh, Tennessee flight and uh, which w- became travel team program it's it's won more championships than any any EYBL program or any Nike program out there, any shoe company program out there. And it all started there at Shelbyville. And, you know, when I left there, I turned that over to Matt, Matt left there, he turned it over to Tom, my oldest son. Yeah. And he's taken that program to heights that we could never imagine. Uh, He's the only travel team program out there that's won like three or four national championships. Mm -hmm. And there you're bringing in kids from all over the country, you know, but, uh, one of the things that we always stressed that we were not going to take the place of the high school coach. Yeah. Um, and when they, they allowed one of their players to play for me at Shelbyville, then when it came to the recruiting process, I didn't talk to the college coaches about a kid that was playing at Oakland or a kid that was playing at Riverdale. I allowed those coaches to talk to the college coaches. Mm-hmm. Now, when it came to my players at Shelbyville, I did talk to the college coaches. But you don't have that now when they go play to some of these, with some of these AAU coaches, they have established that that uh, attitude of the, I'm in charge of this player. Even though she might play at some high school in West Tennessee, I'm in charge of her. If you want to recruit her, you need to call me. Don't call the high school coach. Don't call the parent. And I think that's that's kind of been the, the demise of, of what's going on in the recruiting areas. Uh, when I have that situation pop up, With our, when we're recruiting somebody, it throws a red flag up immediately.
2: When when you um, look at recruiting, and and it's obvious that there's a lot of problems in in that right now. There are what you said, the me type of thing that they're more important than the team is, and things like that. When you go into other countries like Europe, if you go into Europe. Do you have a different attitude with those ladies you when do, you do that? You
3: do. They're uh, the our what we're dealing with, and right now we have got a young lady from Spain, we got a young lady from Canada, we got a, a young lady from Russia, mm-hmm. a young lady from Israel, and a young lady from Belarus. Right. And you you wouldn't believe the attitude they've got when they come in. It is about team. Mm-hmm. It's all about team. It's not about the individual. It's about team. And they're all good. I mean, they're not—they're not, they're not second-class players. They're good. Yeah. Uh, we got one. We got one, two. We got one that's playing as we speak right now, uh, playing with the national team, trying to qualify to get into the Olympics. Hmm. We got another young lady in Israel that's going to be playing for her team, trying to get into the Olympics. Uh, we had a young player that—that uh, that from Russia. She chose not to uh, try out for her team this year, and she's coming back to. Uh, us next week to work on her skill sets for this year. Mm-hmm. And later on, I would say that she would have a chance to, to make her team over in Russia. But um, they're more about team. They're not about, you know, they're not coming in with their with their um, medals hanging around their neck. Yeah, <laughs> wanting you to say, you know, I was an All-Stater for four years in a row or I've got four Miss Basketball um, medals hanging around my neck. You know, they're not doing that. They're coming in to... to to see what they can do to make the team better. And that's what we look for when we're recruiting. I'm very fortunate that I've got probably the best recruiter in the country and my son, Matt. And, and, you know, we're very fortunate to have kept him, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, every year we have people trying to hire him. Uh, Kim Bruton, which is his running sidekick, has been with me now for 13 years. And and Nina Davis, we're just very fortunate there, Middle, that we got those type of, of of Mentors, yeah, examples. I mean, if I'm, I want my grandkids, my granddaughters, to be around people like Matt, my son, Kim Mm. Bruton, my assistant coach, and Nina Davis. That's what I want them around because they got some fiber, yeah. Um, And that's what we, you know, we're just very fortunate there at Middle Tennessee.
2: We have a caller on the line. Caller, welcome aboard with Coach Rick Ensel.
4: Yes, sir, Coach. My name is Casey Clark. I know y'all may not have much time. Chevyville means a lot to me. I try to play a little music, guitar. Would you know Mr. Austin Davis?
3: I would. He ran the he ran the music shop beside the sports shop.
4: Sir, he played a big part in my music. Don't you know he gave me my first big, big, big discount on my first guitar? I loved it. He, gave, he was just a, such a nice gentleman. She he was. was a music store I never would never would, could I would never get just couldn't ever thank him enough he really helped me a lot with my first guitar Mr. Austin Davis he's a, he's
3: a good man and a good, a good, good family and yes though, sir that sounds that sounds just like I him. really appreciated
4: it never would never, never would never could forget him good people man
3: we all need people like that in our lives you know yes it.
4: sir appreciate it and when I heard you say something about Sheffield, I just wanted to I know if you knew him, because I, I, I would
3: never forget him. Well, you shouldn't.
4: Yes, sir. I appreciate you, man.
3: Thank you. Thank you very
2: much, Casey. Now, what you're building on, and I think just about every coach in the country wants this, they want team players, because you see the erosion in what is happening when you have those bad attitudes, and all they're really looking at is what I personally am going to get out of it. Well, there's no doubt
3: about it, Truman. And uh, you know, we've been real fortunate there at Middle. Uh, we've had some few people few people that were all about I, but yeah. uh, you yeah. know, when we recruit them, we're, we're recruiting them in, and we're talking team the team concept. Yeah. You know? And you know, you look, you got all you got to look at is uh, well, you know, some kids will say, well. I want to go play uh, in the WNBA. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've had five kids drafted. So, you know, we got two starting for WNBA teams, Alicia Clark and Cheyenne Parker. But you go back to Chrissy Gibbons. Ebony Rowe had a chance to be drafted. You got Chrissy Gibbons. You had Amber Hope. I mean, you you know. Uh, So you get that. Well, the relationships, like Matt's relationships with uh, Kurt Miller and Mike Tebow, uh, Nikki Collins, which took the Baylor job, uh, the guy that coaches at Dallas, I can't think of his name right now, used to be at L.A. All those guys come to our gym. They're head coaches in the WNBA. They they come to Middle Tennessee's gym and sit there and evaluate our talent and see if those players... Can make it in the WNBA, and another thing you got to look at: you may have six slots at the end of the year, mm-hmm. and you got twelve or fifteen hundred graduates that are coming out that are uh, that are have to fill in those six slots every year in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. So, what are your chances of playing in the WNBA? They're slim. Yeah. So. The two things you got to have, you better have some type of relationship with those coaches, which we've got. And you better have some tradition, which we've got. They know when Alicia Clark comes into play that they've been coached here. They know how to win. They know a little bit about discipline. they they got some character. Yeah. And, you know, they, they're not going to have to deal with all those issues off the floor. So, you know, when our kids say we, we'd like to play in WNBA, well, we put them on a national platform. We play. We have been ranked in the top ten non-conference sched toughest non-conference schedules in the last probably ten years. Yeah. We play everybody that will play us, and you know, if you come, we'll come and play you. If you'll come and play us, but we're not going to go to a buy game. You're not going to give us fifty thousand to go play Connecticut. I don't want the fifty thousand. I yeah. want Connecticut to come back to reward our fan base. Yeah. They want to see good women's basketball games. So that's the deal we got, and that's why we're able to get some of the teams we're able to get in here. You know, the the Kentuckys and the LSUs and the Georgians and I can just go right on down the line. So you're gonna play on a national platform and then when we get in a conference USA, you've got God, I, I think you got 32 conferences, maybe. Um, maybe I'm correct on that. I may be wrong. 32, 31, something like that. Our conference is ranked in the top 10. So we're in the top third of the of women's bas- basketball conferences in the country. Yeah. So you got everything you want, plus. Our academic side would blow it blows people's and parents' minds when they get in here and they see what we're able to offer at Middle Tennessee State University yeah. on the academic side. We're a public school that our academics rank right there with probably ninety percent of the private schools in America. And the the deans that we have, the leadership that we got with Sidney McPhee and Chris Masaro. I mean, we've got the best, and when when our athletes and our parents get here and they see what we got, then at that point they they understand. Like Nick Rowe, Nick Rowe had no idea what we had. Nick Rowe, if you you need to look him up, he is over the Chamber of Commerce in the state of Kentucky. He runs a uh, he is in a power, uh business, uh, electrical business, mm-hmm. and he is over like Middle Tennessee Electrics and in Kentucky, in uh, Indiana, in uh, Illinois, uh, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and his daughter was offered by every Ivy League school in the country. And when I sat down with Nick and told him about Middle Tennessee, he wasn't concerned about her making the basketball team. He knew she was going to make the team. He wanted to know about our academics. Well, yeah. I put him in. Ch- I put him in. I came back and I connected him with our academic programs through our deans, they recruited Ebony Rowe to Middle Tennessee. She was such an academician, they recruited her, and he came to me and said, your academics are as good or better than what we saw in every Ivy League school we visited. That's how she ended up at Middle Tennessee. She ended up getting a scholarship to finish up her engineering degree at Georgia Tech, and now she's an engineer in uh, out in Phoenix, Arizona, and married a young man that's an engineer, and she owes it all them she'll tell you it's all Middle Tennessee State University, so when our parents they get back and they see they step into what we've got and they see what we've got, they take advantage of it and look at the success ratio and we could go right down the line with one young lady after another young lady and uh I'm proud of that. I'm proud that they get here, they get a degree and they put a championship, as Terry Whiteside said. You get a degree in one hand, and you get a ring on the other hand. And that's what it's all about.
2: Well, you, you and I, I know that you're going to take this in a very positive way. You and Pat Summit were a lot alike in a lot of ways. I know you were friends and things like that. Very
3: close friends. We but, were not just friends. You yeah. know, a lot of people say, I'm a friend of Pat Summit. Uh, yeah. I just saw a picture pop up this morning on Memories. Uh, this was, I don't know, it, uh, it was when Bill World turned... Uh, 70 years old, I believe, mm-hmm. and he's 80 years old today. Mm-hmm. And we were in Florida, and he called me and said, hey, we're having some friends over tonight. I want you and Deb to come over. So we went over. They got a uh, a place in Florida, Bill Worley was a Tennessee Tech coach, and we yeah. went over, him and Suzanne, close, close friends of ours. We went over to their place, and guess who's sitting there with us, the socializing and just raising cane and laughing and <laughs> telling stories? <laughs> Pat Summit. Yeah. And they had a picture of that. And uh, he had it on his memories this morning. It was Pat and and uh, uh, Holly was there, and mm-hmm. and uh, Beth Bass, which was over the WBCA, Bill and Suzanne Worrell, and his family, and Deb and myself, and we had our at that time our only granddaughter, which was Carter, mm-hmm. was with us, and uh, my sons were all there. So we were not just friends; we were close friends. Yeah. And uh, I love Pat. Uh, the, this the game misses her the world the world misses her uh we miss her as friends i mean it it uh, it took a big it took a big piece of mine and deb's heart when she passed away
2: yeah it it did and and uh, i remember just in the last i've gotten rid of my tvs cuz i can't stand to watch what's on tv now and and believe it or not one of it is i can't watch sports anymore because of the announcers they know nothing about the sport and and then they're talking about everything but the sport so uh the political part but anyway uh i was watching a show where they were interviewing some of the pat heads players And a lot of them were very successful in all kinds of walks of life. I mean, every one of them were successful. And one of them was um, uh, uh, the top uh, in uh, W, whatever it is, women's girls basketball. WNBA? Yeah. And uh, she was being interviewed, and she could not relate back what her particular fondness of Pat Head was because she would start crying. She said, people don't realize how much a coach like Pat Head can change your life into something special. And it wasn't just basketball. It it was character and all the other things that went with it. And I have seen a lot of Pat Head in you, Rick. And that is the ultimate compliment, because... You, you you want to make them successful in everything they do and and you want them to be able to have the type of personality that's going to make your team successful and and it can't be about me or money or all those other things there's a lot more to it than just basketball and and there is and when they come here and they get to see what you do that's pretty darn special.
3: Well, you know, your good players want to be disciplined. Yeah, they do. They really do. Your good players want to be disciplined. Uh, you're, you know, uh, and, you know, you, you see that immediately. I mean, mm-hmm. they're in the gym. They're in the gym working on their own. Yeah. Uh, they want you to tell them what they're doing wrong. They don't get offended when you when you say, hey, you know, you should have shared the basketball. Uh, and, and, uh and they don't go to the dress or important fingers at their teammates. Good players don't do that. Yeah. They're, they're you know, um, you know, I never will forget when I first came to middle of Chrissy Gibbons, uh, which was my best player and was the best athlete on our team. And her dad got mad at me because uh, we were at Chattanooga. She went four for twenty-eight, and that was our first game. We got beat my first game. Matter of fact, I got a call that night from Doctor McPhee and Chris. They were in. Uh, at FIU playing football, and they said, what have we done in hiring you? We got beat by Chattanooga that They were just pulling my leg, but they didn't make me feel real good. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and he said, you've embarrassed my daughter. And I said, look, Mr. Gibbons, she is the best athlete I've got. And if we're going to win this year, she's got to step up and take this team, take control of this team. She's got to mm-hmm. be a leader. She's got to knock down shots. And uh, he said, well, she don't shoot the three. She plays defense. She was recruited to put, be a defensive specialist, and I said, I understand that, but she's going to have to play some offense, too. To make a long story short, and the first we played Western like the first game after Christmas, and she had a three to, to beat Western. Western was ranked in the top ten in the country then. She went on and led the country in scoring mm-hmm. and led us into the uh, NCAA tournament uh, Just and ended up just being a—, a Great, great player. Ended up being drafted in the WNBA. But we're coming back from Virginia, and she 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 texted me on the bus and said, hey, I, you know, you want me to be a leader, but I don't know how to be a leader. And I said, well, come by tomorrow, and we'll talk about it. And we talked about leadership. We talked about what you you got. You know, you're not being hoggish. You've got to score some points this year. If you don't, we're not going to win. Do you yeah. want to win? Yeah, well, this is what you got to do. you got to go out, and you got to put the ball in the hole. And uh, – now she's a high school coach down in Louisiana. She finished her career up over overseas. She got drafted in the WNBA, played a little there, went overseas, and played there ten or twelve years. Her dad was a he was a police officer. Her mama was a school teacher. And now she's back coaching in Louisiana and loving it. And we stay in touch with each other. But you, you love seeing those success stories. But Chrissy Gibbons was the ultimate team player. I mean, it wasn't about her. Anne Marie Lanning, the ultimate team player. Yeah. Uh, Ebony Rowe, the ultimate team player. Um, Amber Hope, Alicia Clark, the ultimate team player. It was all about team. It wasn't yeah. coming out of there looking at a stat sheet. What did I score? How many did I get points? Why? It was about, did we win? Yeah. What can we improve on, coach? You, you know, know, this is what you're looking for in a player.
2: I think we're going to take a quick break because. I am just, I'm I'm thoroughly, I'm enjoying the show too much. (laughs) All right, we'll be right back.
5: discount mattress is in its new home 1647 northwest broad street that's next to pinnacle bank no need to wait until memorial day to save hundreds on a new mattress save now on top brands like simmons serta englander m Lilly, and more Plus, through the end of the month, they'll pay your sales tax. The new warehouse at 1647 Northwest Broad Street, stacked to the ceiling. Same day delivery or pickup, that's Discount Mattress, 1647 Northwest Broad Street, next to Pinnacle Bank.
1: Need a break from the sound bites and the talking heads? Do you want information you can actually use? Information that'll change your life for the better? Then listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will show you how to retire in two to five years. Your age doesn't matter. Turn off the pundits and turn on the passive income. Tune in to the Dell Walmsley Radio Show.
5: The Dell Walmsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, right here on News Radio WGNS. MTSU Arts, together with Ascend Federal Credit Union, presents the MTSU Dance Program's Spring Concert. Our talented students and faculty are working together on safely bringing this performance to the Tucker Theater stage from April 22nd through April 24th. Visit mtsu.edu slash mtsuarts for more information on virtual showtimes.
0: Visit mtsu.edu slash mtsuarts to learn more today.
1: Adams Place is founded by Dr. Carl E. Adams, a physician and lifelong resident of Middle Tennessee. He and Jenny May had a dream of building a campus concept of life care facilities for older adults. Adams Place Residential Living Director Terry Deal. Discover that senior living is fun. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. This is Scott. It's now time to make your health a priority with a quick and easy health assessment at Low T Center where they exclusively specialize in us men and they follow strict medical guidelines for your health and safety and they are one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. Low T Center has really reinvented the doctor's visit and they make it quick and easy for us men to get in and get all of our levels checked out, not just our testosterone. It starts with an annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment so you know all your numbers that are important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, have noticed weight gain or loss of muscle mass, they could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help, and now they offer monitored self-inject at home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety. 135 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance. So book your annual wellness exam today. Go to lowtcenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's healthcare. Here, We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at TN.com.
5: Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Classic kid movies are back this summer at Premiere 6 on Broad and Jackson Heights. tickets include admission, drink, popcorn, and candy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for classic kid movies all summer. Are you looking for a different kind of bank? Open your eyes to a credit union. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help hardworking Americans achieve their financial goals faster. And because we're owned by our members, you get a piece of the pie. Visit our website heritagesouth.org to open your first account and see how we help when others won't. Insured by NCUA.
0: From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS FM one hundred point five and one hundred and one point nine AM fourteen fifty. And streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Hey, Will, Cal. We're back. Rick and I are back.
2: And, and I'm trying to look at his picture, his family picture, I think it is. That's a Pat Summit. Uh, I can't. Oh, I see her now. She's in the middle. Pat and Bill Earl,
3: Suzanne, Deb yeah. and myself.
2: Oh, gosh. What a great picture. Mm-hmm. Have, have you made that into a permanent picture where you've got it put it on a desk or anything? No, like we that? Got, we got
3: plenty of pictures uh, Pat. Deb's got one in her. Deb and her is closer, closer than I was with yeah. her. I mean, she's got one of her, and a great picture that a lot of people see that come in her office with her and, her and Pat. And then uh, Pat came to the horse show a lot. I mean, you know, when she came to Shelbyville, it wasn't about basketball. She was married to R.B. Summit. Mr. Summit, his dad, yeah. owned a big farm over there. And the horse farm was in the horse business, and his sister rode horses and pat would come with rb when they were dating and even after they got married and uh uh and then uh uh watch the horse show and go to one night horse shows and many nights we sat on the bell of hay in the garage over there at mr summit's house
2: yeah well you know we Tennesseans, we love our state i remember the best story about pat that I ever heard was when she was pregnant, and she was in the plane. Oh, yeah. And uh, she was starting to have the baby, and uh, whatever the, the um, things that are going on that, with that. And they Contractor. said, we're going to have to land uh, in Virginia. And uh, she says no. Her son was it, not going to be born anywhere but Tennessee. But Tennessee. Now... now Can you imagine, people just absolutely, I remember when um, my kids and grandkids, we went to a a football game at Knoxville, which was not unusual, and uh, she was uh, in a golf cart. It was extremely cold that day, and she was sitting out there, didn't have a jacket on or anything, and I looked at uh, my kids. I said, come over here. Look, do you see who that is? It, It just... Their mouths flew open. She she was the most popular person in Knoxville during that particular I time. I took,
3: uh, I can remember taking my sons uh, to a Tennessee football game, Deb, myself, mm-hmm. Bud McGrew, uh, which uh, started First Community Bank and mm-hmm. First Community Mortgage here in town. Yeah. And uh, he gave us tickets, and we went up to, uh, gave us a parking permit. And Pat and myself... I'd already sent Deb to the hotel with the boys. After the game, probably two hours after the game, we're sitting in lawn chairs in the parking lot. Just me and her and traffic leaving of course. And yeah. we were and Deb, you know, we and we left there and went to the hotel, met Deb. I mean, it, i had so many stories that you just I mean, she was just down to earth, like you and me. Yeah. you talk about her being an old country girl? That's what she was. She was an old country girl and uh that was at the right place at the right time and had a lot of success and was just uh, one of the greatest coaches in the history of the game and always will be. Oh, yeah. Now,
2: you've got a, an honor coming up in Sheppable. Tell me what's going on. Um,
3: well, they they named the gym floor and the gymnasium after myself. And yeah. it, it is a big... It is, I'm very humbled about it. Uh, you don't get into coaching. You know, I think back my first days... In the coach, in my first weeks and months, and I can remember those days and those players, and mm-hmm. uh, it never crosses your mind that you that you're going to be in a hall of fame. Yeah, it never crosses your mind that they possibly could one name name the gym floor after you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never think about that stuff. You're thinking about getting ready for the next opponent, or you're thinking about getting ready for the next season, or you're you know. You're out here selling your program to the Lions Club and the JCs and uh, the uh, Optimist Club. I mean, you're doing you're doing all. You don't think about all that, and then yeah. when something like this comes along, it just it sends shockwaves of memories back through your head of the people and of the the good times that you had. And uh, you know, it's a big honor. It's a big it's a big big honor, and I am very very humbled that my name is going to be on that floor and. Uh, my grandkids and someday my great-grandkids and their children maybe will get to see it, and I won't be around. But they'll maybe somebody will tell them a little bit about what what it was like back in the 80s and 90s, because uh, you just the people that went through that uh, with you, some of the coaches and most of them are gone now. They know that. I mean, they wanted to come to Shelbyville and play. They knew they were probably going to get beat, <laughs> but the experience. That they got with the crowd, uh, you know, that when you have people that are out on the on the sidewalks and they're selling tickets to get into the game, yeah. scalping tickets to get into a high school girls' basketball game, uh, you don't hear that much. But yeah. that's the way it was like. That's what it was like. I remember when Chrysler the King came in the place at Shelbyville. My principal, the guy that ran the school. Mm-hmm called me and said, do we have any tickets left? I said, no, sir, I hadn't got any tickets. And he said, well, I've got a I've got a person that, that is very special to this high school. He was a board member. And he said he wants to come to the game. And the fire marshal said we can't sell any more tickets. And I thought maybe you had some extra ones. I said, nope, I don't have any extra ones. And, you know, the this person that was a school board member didn't get into the game because they couldn't let any more in. I mean, so... You know, you think of things like that. Uh, well, bless his heart, is well, all I can say. I, don't, I think that he ended up getting slipped in by the principal. <laughs> wouldn't you think that would happen? Well, I, oh, I would be surprised. i yeah. sure the principal wouldn't do that. But, you know, it, yeah. uh, we were the first team to travel. One of the first teams in the state of Tennessee to travel out of state to big tournaments, like the to Altoona, Pennsylvania, to New York, to California, mm-hmm. uh, Texas, Florida. I mean, you know, um, to go places like that, and you're a high school at Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, go places like that, and take these high school players that that some of them that may be the only time they ever flew. Yeah. Even now that are that are back over in Shelbyville, you know. So it was it was a special time. It was a very special time.
2: It will be very special for you to have a lot of the young ladies that
3: played for you to be there that, that the I'm, night? I'm sure there'll be a few. A lot of them have got kids now that are playing. Not only at Shelbyville. Anita Overcast's daughter is a good player over in Coffee County, mm-hmm. for one. And then Mariah Lonegan's uh, son uh, just got uh, offered by the University of Tennessee men's basketball program. Uh, she was one of my players that ended up going to George Washington and became a lawyer. And, uh... Now she's back in Knoxville, and her son just uh, got an offer from uh, the men's basketball coach up there, uh, Conzuela Spire's son, that signed with uh, Tennessee and now opted out after one year and going into the NBA. Uh, She was an all-SEC performer for me, and her son played at Webb, Keon Johnson. Uh, So, you know, you sit and watch those kids play, and you remember Conzuela, uh, where she came from, uh, what she had to go through, what she had to experience, uh, it would make a lot of people on this radio cry uh, yeah. to know what she came through. Now she's an officer at First Community Bank in Shelbyville.
2: Wow. Now, Bud Brandon is in in um, in Cannon County now, and and that's Campbell's uh, son. Now, how how does uh, Do you have
3: any contact with Bud much? We 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 uh, we stay in contact with all the high school coaches in the state of Tennessee as many as we possibly can.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, Like I told you, Matt, Kim, Nina, myself, Eddie, we're constantly uh, calling, touching bases with those coaches. Mm -hmm. You don't touch base with them when they got a player. You touch base with them right now. Yeah. And hope they got a player, and then at that time you've already established a relationship. So the worst thing to do is call somebody when they got a player coming through and you hadn't talked to them in ten years. Yeah, you know. So we try to stay in touch with as many people as we possibly can.
2: Your reputation and and your relationship with all the coaches and and that has to be a big plus for you. And and you you probably can get. I I don't know what the rules and regulations are, but I'm sure that you the conversations that you have covers everything as far as those particular players that you're looking at as far as not only their physical and playing abilities, but also um, uh, how they do in the classroom and and
3: other things as
2: far as character and stuff like that. Well, Truman, if
3: anybody knows this, you know it. Your name helps you and your name hurts you. Yeah. There's people out there that are standing in line to see you fail. That claim to be your friends. Yeah. And then you got people out there that are standing in line to see you succeed. Uh, Your name hurts you, and your name helps you. Um, You know, I'm not naive enough to know that that I've got people that you've had enough success. Mm -hmm. You want enough at Shelbyville. You want enough at Middle Tennessee, and now it's time for somebody else to take over. You know, that's fine. But you just got to take it. And you gotta love everybody as much as you possibly can, and do as many people as you possibly can right. Yeah. And uh, you know that's that's kind of what we try to do at Middle Tennessee. We're gonna treat everybody like family, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and do the best we can. And uh, we've got a great situation, as I've already went over. But uh, are you looking forward to big crowds? Back oh, the stadium. God. You, don't, you don't have any idea. You know, I know where just about everybody sits in that gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have any idea. This last year is just, it took a chunk, like I told you, out of my heart of it, to not be able to see our band, our mm-hmm. cheerleaders, uh, our professors there on campus. A lot of them come to our games, our deans, mm-hmm. uh, and our fan base, you know one of the things I take more pride in than anything is our fan base. I mean our fans you're gonna have you're gonna have three thousand to five thousand show up every night and then when we have big games in there you're gonna have eight or nine thousand in there. So did we miss it? Absolutely. Is that a selling point in our recruiting? Absolutely. So I can't wait to get back to this year. I can't wait to have a football game. I'm telling you, I enjoy going to our football games and you know we're growing. Our community is growing so fast. Murfreesboro and Rutherford County is growing so fast. That's only a positive yeah. because those people have got to have something to do. Well, come out on Saturday afternoons and watch Blue Raiders play. You may not be able to get in a car and drive to Knoxville. You may not be able to go, want to go to Nashville. But you can come out here. You can drive down the road 20 minutes and come into our stadium, get a great seat, and start some tradition with your family. And that's what uh, we've got. And we, we, we're going to start selling that. You're, to, you're seeing right now Chris and, and uh, Coach Stock and them putting together these caravans uh, like we like it was 16 years ago when, when Chris first came on board. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go to these communities, out these outlying communities, and, and sell our fan base on what we're doing there, not only with our athletic programs but with our academic programs. And, you know, I think that's not going to be anything but a plus. And the new people, we've hired a new offensive coordinator, and you've got uh, Coach Stocksville's son that's come in now. Mm-hmm. You've got some new people that come in, some new energy, some new excitement. So it's just big, big things that are about to happen. And people need to, you know, you don't need to wait to see if they're going to succeed. You need to jump on board right now while, while they're going for it. Yeah. And uh, that's what we want.
2: People need to be at the game, period. Oh. I think television has hurt. Well, better games, way, what, the, the what better all the games. Well, better place in-game? to
3: bring your son or daughter. Yeah, I'm telling you, I bring it's all. It's nothing my, like the excitement. All there. of my grandkids, I bring to 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 Blue Raider football games. All of them. Not just one or two of them. All of them. I don't even give them a choice. I call them up and say, "Well, hey, you know, this is what we're having. You know, in the we got an outdoor suite, and uh, I bring them up there, and they enjoy the crowds, they enjoy the cheerleaders, they enjoy the jump houses, and they, and I put. I put sweatshirts on them and caps on them and uh, introduced them to lightning and I, I, that's what most that's what the, the parents and the grandparents in this community need to do. Go on and hook them in with the Blue Raiders right now. I'm getting excited. Well, you need to. We need to see you more out there with that blue and white instead of that orange. I knew you were <laughs> going to say that. I shouldn't even open my mouth yeah. at all. Well, you did go home and change shirts this morning. I do appreciate that, Truman. Well, you
2: know, tell the story since you heard it already. Well, you, I, I went. To, I was at the uh, coffee shop this morning with our guys, and we were all talking, and one of them said, uh, you have uh, Rick Ensel on today, don't you? And I said, yes, I do, and I'm very proud of it. They said, well, you got on an orange shirt. And I looked down. <laughs> See, I never pay any attention. I just grabbed the first thing that's in in front of me, and there I go. And then I said, I have got to run home, guys. And and I did. And I got one of my favorite uh, MTSU shirts on this morning.
3: I'm going to send you a new one, okay? A, a new, new one? one I, I brand myself every morning. I take pride in the fact that when I get up and after I take my shower, I put on a Blue Raider shirt or something dealing with Blue Raider football, basketball, or baseball, uh-huh. or golf every single morning. Okay.
2: Okay. So when am I going to get that shirt? I'm going to get it to you. All right. (laughs) Promise you. I I enjoyed it, Rick. I'm going to send you you more than one. (laughs) Rick Ensel, the best basketball coach, girls basketball coach in the nation right now. And I'm looking forward to you winning a national
3: championship. I want it to happen. And you've got some really great girls. Today. Oh, we do. We have a great team coming back. And I'm telling you, we just got through winning the conference championship, going to the NCAA tournament for the 11th time. But uh, uh, the kids we got coming back, the young ladies we got coming back, we're excited about them. I'm telling you. I hope they're listening today. Uh, they're all out. They're all out on the beach and the lake and places right now. But we're getting back together next week. We'll start practice next week. Next week, yeah. And and you you do allow uh, uh, yeah. uh, people yeah. fans to come. Well, in and watch I can't practice. I, I can't announce it. But if they're walking, they come down. Uh, you know, <laughs> I can't announce it officially. That's, yeah. that's compliance rules. But uh, if they come in there and just happen to come in while we're practicing, it's not a violation. All right, guys.
2: Rick Ensel, MTSU Girls Basketball Cups. Thank you very much, Rick. Thank you.